All right, Shabbosai, good morning, good morning. So exciting to hear Hashem see what Sota has in store for us today, right? You, you never, you never know, as they say, Mayovo Yom. What, what the new day Mir Hashem is going to bring. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning's share to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors, Stephen Tarizin, for dedicating all the Shirman Drushos this month in honor of their new grandson, Matan Shmuel Aaron. We hope that on the merit of our Talmud Torah, he will grow to be an incredible mentor. To thank our week of learning sponsors, uh, Ari and Haley Lichterman, in memory of Haley's mother, Rachel Leah Bas Ruvain Mayer. On the occasion of her yard site, we hope that in the merit, in the, in the merit of all the Torah, the Shamo have an Aliyah and the family Eina Chama. We also thank, we have an anonymous sponsorship as well, Ibli Nishmas Sara Dina Bas Elimelech, Zichron Livracha, on the occasion of her 10th yard site, Anyur Aleph Iyar, and Ibli Nishmas Moshe Aaron Alter, Ben Yosef Binyamin, Zichron Livracha. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora. All of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the family a Nechama. With that, let us begin. Sounds strange. Yeah. A lot of bass. A lot of bass. Wow. Okay. Now we're getting, now we're getting a little specific. I was going to say, so let's, uh, let's go right there. Let's go right there. Good. As I said last week, remember, we used to do this without a microphone, you know? So, uh, all right. When I was a younger man, I could project better. All right. Thank you. All right. I was say, in any event... Also, if anyone has like a Spotify playlist that they want to forward, we could, uh, we could put that on here also. Okay, so let's, uh, let's go back there. So today's daf is Lamed Gimel. Lamed Gimel. Mir Tzashem, by the way, also great. The week from tonight is Lagba Omer. Also, so Baruch Hashem, getting us in the, uh, getting us in the spirit. So I'll say, so we are, where did we leave off? Kriyashma. Uh, Kriyashma. Oh, it's a two dots. Excellent. I just want to remember again, we left off at the two dots. at Kriyashma. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, about thirteen lines up, twelve, thirteen lines up from the bottom. So let's remember again the topic of our Mishnah. The topic of our Mishnah was which items could be said in any language versus which items need to be said in Lashna Kodesh. So now we're going, actually, so if you remember again, the Mishnah went through the list of the items which require Lashna Kodesh, didn't actually go through the beginning of the Mishnah. So now we're going through the beginning of the Mishnah and we'll be focusing on the items that could be said in any language. So specifically, now we're focusing on Kriyashma. So what's that Kriyashma? I mean, no, it's what so Gimara said, Kriyashma could be said in any language. So also it was very exciting today, we're about to do a Gimara that we first saw in our journey in Shas and Mesech's Brachas, which is really very exciting. So the Gimara says, Kriyashma. Kriyashma could be said in any language. In any language. So Minolan, where do we know that from? Dixiv Shema Yisrael. Literally again, hear Israel. So what do you, what do you say? What does the lashon of Shema mean? Bechalashon sha'ata shomea. Ultimately, again, hear in any language that you hear. So what's like Shema means listen. So again, I'm hearing. I'm hearing in whatever language I have the ability to hear, which tells me that Shema can be recited in any lashon. So Tan Rabbanon, actually, thank you. Tan Rabbanon, Kriyashma kichsava. So what's say? So this is now a fundamental machlokes. Kriyashma kichsava. Kriyashma must be recited as it is written, meaning, just like it's written in Lashna Kodesh, it has to be recited in Lashna Kodesh. Divrei Rebbe, these are the words of Rebbe. The Chum, the Chum say, Chum say, no, you can say Kriyashma in any language. In any language. So we'll say, fundamental, you saw this take Machlokes, which is exciting, it takes us all the way back to Mesechas Barachas. So the Gemara says, my time with the Rebbe, so what's Rebbe's logic? 
that Shema has to be said in in Lashna Kodesh. So Amr Krav Vahayu. The Pasik says Vahayu, right? We'll say Vahayu Advarim Ma'ila. Vahayu means Bahavyasan Yuhu. They have to be as they are. Just like it's written in Lashna Kodesh, has to be in Lashna Kodesh. But Abban Amr Krav Shema, Bechalashan Tahat Shata Shamea. The Rabban, on the other hand, say it's a Shema. Shema means what? Hear it in any language you hear, meaning you could say Shema in any language. Shabbos so says, so a fundamental machlokis. Again, Rabbi says, Vehayu, Vahayu Advar Ma'ilah, Bahavyasan Yehu. Vahayu means they have to be in the way they are. They are written in Lashna Kodesh, remain in Lashna Kodesh. Rabbanon, Shema, Bechaloshon, Cha'ata Shomea. Hear it in any language you know. Kriyashna can be said in any language. I have Rabbanon Ami Haksiv, Vahayu. What do the Rabbanon do with the word Vahayu? How do they dash in that? So we'll say, the Rabbanon say that means teaching us that you can't read Shema out of order. Now we'll say, what does he mean out of order? So there's two possibilities of what this means, Rashi means that. Two possibilities. Possibility one is you can't read the words out of order. Possibility two is you can't read the Psukim out of order. But I want to be clear, what can you do? You can read the paragraphs of Shema out of order. Even though, again, we saw Mesechus Brachas, the paragraphs are arranged in a particular order. There's Kabbalah's, right? There's Kabbalah's Allah Hushamayim, V'yahavta, Kabbalah's Mitzvos, V'yahayim Shamoah, Parashas Sitzis, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So there is, the order is not random and specific, but if you did say the paragraphs of Shema out of order, you are still Yotzei. So the Mafreya either means the words themselves, or the psukim themselves. Okay, so that's Vahayu. The Rebbe Shleik Rana Mafreya. So we'll say, where does Rebbe? So Rebbe Shleik Rana So where does Rebbe learn that you can't read Shema out of order? Nafkale me dvarim hadvarim. So we'll say the pasuk could have said Vahayu dvarim ela. Instead, it says Vahayu hadvarim. So we'll say that hey teaches me that the words have to remain in the proper order. You can't read the psukim out of order or the words out of order. don't really hold the they can't darshin dvarim versus hadvarim. Okay, but Rabbi Nami Haksiv Shema. What does Rabbi do with the word Shema? Because remember, we're going to say, Rabbanon use Shema for Ishmael Aznacha. I'm sorry, for, I'm sorry. Rabbanon use Shema for Becholoshon Sha'ata Shomea. That ultimately, again, to teach you that I can say Shema in any language. The Rabbi who holds that Shema is to be recited in Lashna Kodesh, what does he do with Shema? So, Mibayle, Lashmiel Aznacha, Ma Sha'ata Mosemi Picha. It's incredible what I say. So Rebbe used it to teach me Shema Yisrael means that when you say Shema, you have to hear what you are articulating. Shema say, which is an incredibly, in other words, the rest of davening, well, Shema specifically, Shema say has to be said silently, right? But the rest of davening, if you just want to mouth words without sound, that's fine. Shema, Rebbe says, has a different din that you must say the words of Shema in enough of a degree of audibility so that you could hear it. You have to be able to Hashmei la'oznicha masha'ata motzei mipicha. But you also say also such a such a profound yisod. Like what is Shema? Shema is kabbalas omachushamayim. So the dibor, the dibor, like the, the speech itself has to influence the other senses. In other words, if I just say something but my ears don't hear it, that it's not impacting the other senses. Meanwhile, again, say, if you think about it, if you're reading Shema, Shabbos say, what's involved? My eyes, sight, because I presume I'm seeing it from a sitter, 
right? My speech, my mouth, right? And ultimately, again, now I'm hearing it as well. So when I'm being makaba omach Hashem, when I'm accepting the yoke of heaven, accepting the yoke of mitzvahs, again, I'm doing that with my sight, I'm doing it with my speech, and I'm doing it with my hearing. Everything is involved, everything is involved in the act of accepting HaKadosh Baruch Hu and His Torah and mitzvahs upon myself. Such an incredible yisod. So the Gemara goes right there. Rabbanan Savri, they command Amr, the Rabbanan on the other hand, the Rabbanan hold on the other hand, no, if you said Shema, but what? You didn't hear what you're saying, you're still Yotze, you're still Yotze. Shema say, by the way, how do we pass him? So we pass him, Allah is ideal to say Shema in enough of a tone that you could hear what you're saying. But if you didn't say it out loud, you just mouth the words. You do have to say the words. If you just mouth the words, halach halamaisa, you're still Yotzi as well. So I've said, this is interesting. Lema kasavari, so said, all of this is a quote from Asachas Brachas. This is a verbatim gemar for Brachas. So lema kasavari, Rebbe, top of Lamed Gimel. So I've said, Rebbe must hold, kola Torah, bechala lashon neemra. So I've is incredible. Rebbe must hold that in general, in, in general, you could read the rest of the Torah in any language. And Rashi, what do you mean you could read the rest of the Torah? Rashi says, Likros bebeis haknesa. Second line from the top, Allah, and Gimel, 33a. It must be that Rebbe holds that in general, the entire Torah could really be read in any language. Why, I will say, now listen to this. Because if the entire Torah had to be said in Lashna Kodesh, Vahayu, because of Rahmana Lamali. I will see you here. In other words, Rebbe is darshaning v'hayu, v'hayu advarim ma'ila to teach me, that Kriyashma has to be the way it's written. It's written in Lashon HaKodesh, has to be read in Lashon HaKodesh. If the entire Torah could only be read in Lashon HaKodesh, you wouldn't need this drasha, because Shema is no different than the rest of the Torah. The fact that you need this drasha for Shema tells me that what? In general, the Torah could actually be read in any language, there is a specific insistency, ins, insistency, insistence, sorry, insistence that Shema be read Balash Nakodesh, hence the need for the Drasha. So the Gemara says, It's not a good Raya, it's the Kasav Shema, Bishum Dechsiv Shema. No, it's different. Because we'll say, could very well be, Leslie, could very well be that according to Rabbi, even if you hold that the entire Torah has to be said on Lash Nakodesh, you would still need the drasha of Vahayu by Shema. Why? Because by Shema, what do you have? What do you have? Shema. You have Shema. I will say, and the phrase Shema itself really lends itself to what? Ultimately, again, to hearing it in any language you understand. And therefore, again, according to Rebbe, even if you hold that the entire Torah can only be said in Lashna Kodesh, you might still need an additional drasha by Shema of Vahayu to teach you that even Shema has to be said in Lashna Kodesh. Why even Shema? Because Shema seems to have an additional drasha or, or has that word Shema, which makes it sound like that's what? It can be said in any language. Fine. So the Gemara says, The Pashtos, the Rabbanon hold that in general, the entire Torah can only be said in Lashna Kodesh. Why? Because if the Rabbanon would hold that what? That the entire Torah could be read in any Lashon, Shema the Kasev Rachmana Lamali. Why would you need a Drasha to teach you that Shema could be recited in any language? Because the truth is, the entire Torah could be recited in any language. The fact that they need a Drasha of Shema to 
teach me that Shema could be recited in any language seems to indicate that what? The rest of the Torah cannot. That the rest of the Torah has to be said in Lashon HaKodesh. To which the Torah says, no, not necessarily. It's Terech Mishum Dechsev Vahayu. No, maybe not. It's different. Even according to the Rabbanon, even if they hold that the rest of the Torah could be said in any language, Shema may still require an additional drasha of Shema. Why? Because you have the opposing drasha of Vahayu. Because what does Vahayu teach me? Vahayu teaches me ultimately, again, Dvarim Kich Savan. I would have thought that it has to be said like it's written. Therefore, I will say, essentially, there's no definitive proof, proof about what Rabbi and the Rabbanon hold about the rest of the Torah. Could it be Sebalashon HaKodesh, Bechalashon? But I will say, I want to point out, we emerge with a whole bunch of Halacha Lamaisa from this little section. Number one, we paskin, Shema can be recited in any language. So we paskin like the Rabbanon. I'm sorry, that So that is number one. It can be recited in any language. That's number one. That was say number two. Number two, Shema cannot be recited out of order. That specifically refers to the words or the psukim, doesn't refer to the paragraphs. Even if the paragraphs are out of order, ultimately, again, you are still Yose. Number three, number three. Ideally, that a person should hear what it is that they're saying. In other words, so recite Shema in a loud enough tone that you're able to hear what it is that you're saying. But Bidi Eved, even if you didn't, you're still Yotze. Good. All, all of that, all of that. Let's go ahead. Right. Now we come to a beautiful, this is also a beautiful sugya, an incredible sugya. I'll say Tfila. So the next item on the list in the Mishnah, things that you could say in any language is davening, tefillah. So the Gemara says, why can you say tefillah in any language? So, um, good. So the Gemara says, rachamihi, right? Kolhechi deboi matzli. So I'll say, it makes sense, because what's tefillah? What's tefillah? Tefillah is rachami. But say, at the end of the day, what tefillah is in its essence is supplication. It's supplication, right? It's asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu again for compassion. It's asking Hashem for my various needs. It's a dialogical connection. So it makes sense that if I'm trying to establish Rachamif, again, a tefillah is it's just a supplicatory process through which I ask Hashem, praise Hashem, thank Hashem. So it makes sense. Kolechi, Diboy, Matzli. Daven however you want. Daven however you want. Well, so take a look at Rashi just a moment. Tefillah, it's the last Y line in Rashi. Tefillah, Diktani Masnisin Bechaloshon, Lotzarach Kra, Daharachemininhu. So this is incredible. So the Gemara point of say, if you notice, what, what is the Gemara trying to preempt over here? When when the when the Gemara goes into Kriya Shema, how do you know that you could recite Shema in any language? So what does the Gemara say? First word, Minalan. What does Minalan mean? What does Minalan mean? From where do you know that you could recite Shema in any language? So say, what the Gemara is doing over here is the Gemara is preempting. The kasha of minalan. The Yimar says, there's no need for minalan. Right? There's no need for a Pasik to teach me that I could daven in any language. Why not? Rachamihi. Rachamihi. What's tefillah? Tefillah is rachamim. Tefillah is compassion. In other words, it's the request for divine compassion. It's the request for divine attention. It's the request for things from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I will say, so again... Of course, it's, it's a pure and, and intimate connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So therefore, what? Kol hechi deboi matzli. 
Daven whatever you want. It was like, which is such, if you think about it, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. What is davening? Davening is conversing with Hashem. That's what, it, at the end of that, it's, it's a conversation. It's a conversation. Again, it's a conversation that, that is directed, ultimately, again, towards expressing vulnerability by the asking for our needs from God. That's ultimately, again, let's say, I just want to point out, remember, all of davening is geared up to Shmona Esrei. And all of Shmona Esrei ultimately is geared up to the middle section, which are the bakashos, which are the requests. Because at the end of the day, when I stand before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is my opportunity to express my vulnerability. And I will say, how is vulnerability usually expressed in life? How do, in other words, what is the greatest form of vulnerability when you, right? Asking for help. I will say a lot of us have difficulty doing with this, right? Asking for help. Asking for help. Why? Why am I uncomfortable asking for help? Because that is the greatest expression of vulnerability. So therefore, I will say, it's incredible. When is my greatest moment of connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Interesting enough, it's not when I praise Him. It's fascinating. It's not when I praise Him. My greatest moment of connection to Hashem is when I ask Him for something. Because what I'm saying is, I can't do it on my own. And when I say that I can't do it on my own, I'm expressing my vulnerability. And when I express my vulnerability, that's when I am closest to Hashem. Right? You want to say the same thing in human relationships. Often, again, when, right, when you need something from someone who you love, sometimes it's hard to ask. But that moment that you do ask is the moment that often you feel closest because now you recognize how much you need that other person. One of the moments that we feel closest to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in the moment when I recognize there's something I need from you and I cannot secure it on my own. So the Gemara says, you don't need a Pasuk to teach you that you could dab it in any Lashen. It's obvious. It's obvious. Incredible. But the Gemara says, but one second. Here's the problem. Is that true? That you could dab in any language that you want? Listen to this. This is a pretty wild Gemara. I will say a person should never daven in Aramaic. Why not? Why not daven in Aramaic? I will say I do want to point out we have a whole bunch of tefillas that are in Aramaic, right? Right? There's a whole bunch of things that, that are in Aramaic. Slichas, this stuff that's Aramaic. You're supposed to listen to this. Why not? If you ask, if you petition Hashem for your needs in Aramaic, Ein the Malachi Hasharis, the angels cannot help. And I will say, literally, it translates, the Malachi Hasharis cannot help you. They cannot help you. Right? They can't help you. They can't help. Right? Why not? Because angels don't speak Aramaic. Okay? Right? Angels don't speak Aramaic. So therefore, again, whatever you do, don't daven in Aramaic, because if you do so, angels can't help you daven. I will say, the truth is, this is going to go, say, this goes on our list of sugis that we have to, uh, that we have to revisit. I will say, the whole notion of angelic intervention in davening is a hotly contested topic. I will say, I'll tell you where this comes up. In Slichas, in Slichas there is a beautiful, beautiful section, or tefillah, pismon, it's not a pismon, Machnisei Rachamim, right? Beautiful song. Machnisei Rachamim, 
which literally means those who bring in the supplications before Hashem, bring in, bring in our tilas. Rav Chaim Brisker was against the recitation of this paragraph. He felt he didn't. He felt it was theologically false. Theologically false. I don't need anyone to bring my tefillos before Hashem, right? I will say it's very important. This way, even there's a whole discussion. <laughs> I'm sure I have time for this, right? but, but we want to say there's a whole discussion when you go to Davin at the cavern of a tzaddik, right? A person goes to Davin at the grave of great people. What are you doing? What are you doing? So people sometimes make the mistake. You're not davening to the deceased, right? You're not davening, right? We only daven to one entity, and that's Hakadosh Baruch Hu. What I'm saying is, Ribono Shel Olam. If I don't have the requisite merits for the fulfillment of my requests, please, in the merit of the tzaddik by whose kever I am standing, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, please grant my request. This is incredibly important in general in Judaism. We try to stay away from anything that has any element of an intermediary. That's part of the beauty of our Yiddishkeit, part of the beauty. I don't need an intermediary. I don't need, I don't need, I, I don't need a tzaddik to be my intermediary. I don't need malochen to be an intermediary. Shabbat says, I just want to point out, but here, but, what's the but? What's the but? You have a Gemara, right? And the Gemara clearly indicates that malochen are involved somehow in the bringing in of our tzaddik. Shabbat says, so it is beyond the scope Beyond the scope of our discussion today, but just know that this machlokis exists. This machlokis exists exactly again. Do, my, do I need malachim involved in my tefillas? Not need malachim involved in my tefillas. Again, do I have a direct line, or I don't know. Maybe I do, or, or maybe it's both. Maybe I do have a direct line, except when, except when, except when I don't. Right? In other words, maybe there is such a concept like this that maybe sometimes you just like clog up the line. Right? When the line gets clogged up, you need, you need someone or something to help advance your tefillahs. Maybe, maybe, maybe that was, whatever it is, whatever it is, the Yomar points out that Allah don't dive in Aramaic. Because if you do dive in Aramaic, the Malochim cannot help because the Malochim don't know what you're talking about. So what's I say now again, why are we bringing this up? Because we just got finished saying that's what? Daven in any language that you want. But here we say it's clean up. Don't daven in any language. Don't daven in Aramaic. To which the Lord said, was incredible. So I'll say, listen to this. It, it's, it's not a contradiction. One is talking about when you daven by yourself. One is talking about when you daven with a tzibor, with a minion. I'll say, listen to this. It's incredible. Yochid Rashi says, second short line, Yochid. When you daven as an individual, that's when you need help from the malachim to advance your tefillos. Therefore, don't daven Aramaic. When you daven with a minion, Rabbi daven with a minion, you don't need any angelic intervention for the advancement of your prayerful dialogue. That goes directly to HaKadosh Baruch Hu without any intermediary help. I will say, incredible, no? The power of the tzibar. I will say, which also, many times, if we're honest, there's a lot of tension that we encounter when it comes to davening, specifically because very often, if you ask me where I have more kavana, sometimes it sounds strange, but I have more kavana davening on my own than I have. A lot of us discovered this during COVID. 
right? Which was a fascinating thing, right? People had this like tefillah epiphany. Number one, that tefillah could be meaningful, that tefillah could be uplifting, and that it's, for whatever the reason, I feel so much more connected when I'm on my own, that says I'm davening within the confines of a minion. I would say, but Lamaisa, whether that's true or not, at the end of the day, sometimes it's not about your personal experience, and sometimes it's about what you get from the group experience. And the ability to be part, so let's say, so I just want to point out that part, part of what we, part of, so, so therefore, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? You see from here that there's a power to davening with a minion, even if your own experience is not as acute. I would say, I want to point, it's incredible you sowed. There's a power to davening with a minion, even if your personal experience could be better on your own. What's the matter of davening with a minion? Tefillahs go straight up. Straight up. So we'll say, this is an important Yisrael in Yiddishkeit. Because sometimes, success in my Yiddishkeit is not all about my personal experience, but rather about my ability to be with the collective. I, I, I've mentioned this before. I always tell my children, so when my children were young, we had the great schools to be in Eretz Yisrael, often over the summer. So we'd go to the Kosal on Shabbos night. And my, especially my, because my boys were with me, and they sit down to like, it's so noisy. Right, right, you're, you're, you're in the middle of Lechadodi, right, and then this one starts yelling this, and this one is that, and this one is this, right? It's so hard to have Kavana, right? Like, wouldn't we have better Kavana davening, like in a shul or something? I see, you have to understand something. You don't come to the Kosal for Kavana. You come to the Kosal to be part of Am Yisrael. And there's a power, there's a power to be part of the collective, even if it comes at the expense of your own kavana. For a Jew, there is nothing better. There is no better experience than when you are part of the cloud. There is nothing better in life than when you are part of the cloud. I, you lost your place 74 times? Okay, that's what happens. You don't remember if you're davening Mayriv or Mincha? That's what happens. You said probably the same stanza of Licha Dodi 11 times. No problem. No problem. You are part. Well, say, what do you think is going to happen in the Beis HaMikdash? What do you think is going to happen in the Beis HaMikdash? Right? That this group, right? the young Israel group, is going to be davening quietly in the corner. And the Hasidish group is going to be quiet davening over here. And the confused group is going to be davening over here. Right? You think everyone's going to have. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. And this one's going to be yelling. And this one's going to be shouting. And they're up to Kedusha. And they're up to Pesuki the Zimra. And they're up to this. You know what you're going to do? Just going to say, this is incredible. I've been waiting my whole life for this. I've been waiting my whole life to lose the place in the sitter. I've been waiting my whole life to not even know, like have a splitting headache because I'm in the middle of 17 minyanim, right? And by the way, don't forget the sheep, right? Don't forget the sheep, right? Forget about the minyanim, right? There's going to be livestock running through, right? And, this, and you're going to say to yourself, this is the best thing in the world. Because I will say, what it means to be a Jew is not about what you could do as an individual, but it's all about being part of the collective. So when you dive in as part of that minion, just understand, even if your individual kavana is not as great, lemaisa you're getting a straight pipeline to the Yibosham because when the Yibosham sees his children together, he's like, bring it on. Bring it on. Whatever, whatever, whatever you need, whatever you want, I'm attentive. Even if your kavana is not as great, the Yibosham's kavana for us is even better. 
So let's go back there. All right, we really have to move. All right, so let's go. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, Sifan, Habiyachin Habit Sibor. So the Gemara says, one second. Is that true? I said, get ready for this. This is, it's just wild. Malachim don't speak Aramaic. Malachim don't speak Aramaic. So much Vatanya. Yochanan Kohen Gadol Shama Baskol. We base Kachin Hadashah. I say, Yochanan Kohen Gadol. I will say, Yochanan Kohen Gadol. What did he hear? Yochanan Kohen Gadol heard. He heard, uh, he heard a basketball from the base college Kedash. What was it? Shomer, Natsu Talyud the Azlu the Agcha Karva the Antuchia. Literally, again, the young the young Rams who went out to battle have been successful. And I will say now, what is this talking about? Yochanan Kohen Gadol was one of the Kohanim. Look at Rashi. Natsu Talyud the Azlu the Agcha Karva the Antuchia. Shalchu Pirchei Kuna Bnei Beis Chashmonai. So I will say he heard that a group of young Kohanim. From the Hashmonaim. So, so this is second temple era post the Hanukkah story. Post the Hanukkah story. Yochanan Kohen Gadol was one of the Kohanim Yidon from the Hashmonai family. There was a group of Kohanim who went out to battle. Boss, you have to understand something. The Hashmonaim were a very unique Kohanic family in that they were Kohanic warriors, right? That wasn't normally the case. Whereas Kohanim were in the base of Mikdash, the Hashmonaim were Kohanic warriors. They also were Kohanic warriors who became kings. This whole discussion whether or not that was good. But Lamaisa, there was a group of Kohanim who went out to battle with the Yevanim before Yom Kippur. They were fighting on Yom Kippur. Yochanan Kohen Gadol is doing the Avoda on Yom Kippur. And he hears a basko. He hears a voice from heaven that says, the group of soldiers were successful. I will say, what language was the basko talking? What language? What language? Aramaic. Aramaic. Another story. What's another story of Shimon Sadik? Again, this is first temple era. Shimon Sadik. So I will say furthermore, Shimon Sadik is doing a vote in the base of Mikdash. And what happens? He hears another Baskal. What does the Baskal say? The plan that the enemies of the Jewish people wanted to visit upon, Cloud Yisrael, was battle. And Gaskalgus, Gaskalgus was a Greek king, ultimately again was killed, and his xeros are bottle. The Kasu Ososha, they wrote down, they wrote down the time that they heard this Baskal, the Kivnu, and ultimately again, and it turned out that exactly the time they heard the Baskal was the time that Gaskalgus died. Now we'll say, what's the takeaway for us? What's the takeaway for us? The Baskal speaking Aramaic. So we'll say, so it's interesting. So the Gemara assumes over here that the Baskal is a Malach. The Baskal is a Malach. So therefore you see, the Malachi Asharis do speak Aramaic. So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, Omer, Ibayusim, a Baskal shiny, the Shamui Avida. So we'll say, it's possible, maybe a Baskal is different. Now, why is a Baskal different? And we'll say, the whole point of a Baskal is what? Is what? To convey a message. And we'll say, it's only effective to convey a message if what? If it's expressed in the vernacular, everybody understands it. So maybe Baskal is different. In other words, I will say, when we say Malachi Asharis, don't go ahead and understand Aramaic. Okay, that's us talking to Shamayim. But when Shamayim wants to convey a message, that message is conveyed in a way that people understand. So Aramaic is the vernacular. Gavriel Haya. I will say, maybe the Malach who delivers a Baskal is Gavriel, and Gavriel does speak Aramaic. The Amar, Mar, Ba Gavriel, 
Belimdu Shivim Lashim. Rabbi say Gabriel came along and he taught Yosef. No, Yosef, he taught Yosef 70 languages so that Yosef would have linguistic superiority over Paro. So again, so, so it could be that there is a Malach. Remember again, Gabriel is like a different, a different sulk, right? He's in a different category of Malachim, right? And therefore again, maybe the Malach, Gabriel is the one who speaks Aramea. Okay, so we'll say, so we're left, we're left. So our bottom line is, you can dive in any language. Dive in any language. That, that is the bottom line, by the way, even Aramaic. Even Aramaic. Hence, we have Tfilas in Aramaic as well. I'll say, but the other bottom line, another takeaway ultimately is the power of Tfilah, of the Rabbim, ultimately again over the Yachid. The need ultimately again, the power that we have as a collective, that it was so much greater than we have as individuals. Okay, there's more to talk about with this, but let's try to just remind me, I, I have, there's one more piece to come back on this about, about the Aramaic and the Malachim. If we have time, yeah. If we have time, I'll come back to it at the end of the document. If not, if not, if not remind me tomorrow because we have to do it. The Gemara goes weiter. You must be a chasam also. How did you convention any language? The chsev, the achalta, the savato, the irachta, the shemel kecha, the cholosh and shatam avarich. Bless Hashem, possibly bless Hashem. In any language, you should bless him. Good. I will say halacha ma'isa. Convention any language. Shvuas ha'edus. So I'm going to go. Shvuas ha'edus is the case where again I go over to Ruvain. I say I have, I have, I have litigation. I say Ruvain. You have testimony. You have testimony that can help me in my litigation. Ruven denies he does. We can impose a shvua upon him. That shvua can be done in any lashon. Nechsev v'nefesh ki sechta v'shama kol Allah v'chaloshon shehi shamas. In any language that you can hear, shvua can be administered in any language. Shvua sabikadim. So we'll say again. I deposited something with someone. They did not have it in the deposit. Can administer a shvua any language. Asya techta techta mishvua seilus. Xerus shava ultimately from shvua seilus. Beautiful. We'll say first wide line. And the Mishnah went on to go through the list of things that could only be recited in any language. I'm sorry. The Mishnah went through the list of things that could only be recited in Lashna Kodesh, in Hebrew. Mikra Bikurim, Chalitza. So we'll say, Ad Mikra Bikurim, Ketzad. So we'll say, what's Mikra Bikurim? Ketzad. So we'll say, actually, just a quotation from the Mishnah. Right? So by Mikra Bikurim, it says, Va'anisa Va'amarta. Literally, again, you will answer and you will say before Hashem, Rabbi by the brachas and klolos, by Hagrizim and Har Eval, the Pasuk also says, right? So, just like by, by Hagrizim and Har Eval, by the blessings and curses, means it had to be delivered in Lashna Kodesh. Afkan Balashna Kodesh. So too by Mikra Bikurim, where it says, Va'anisa Va'amerta Balashna Kodesh. Ulavim Gufayu Minalan. It will say, How do we know that the brachos and calls that the blessings and curses had to be recited in Alashna Kodesh? Listen to this. Asya Kol Kol Mimosha. It will make a Xerashab of Kol Kol from Moshe Rabbeinu. Listen to this. Ksiv Hacha. It says over here, By the blessings and curses of Hagrizim and Har Eval. Kol Ram, that you will say it in a loud voice. Uksiv Hasan, it says by Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Yidaber, Vahelokim Yaanenu Bekol. This is by Har Sinai. By Har Sinai. Just like by Har Sinai, it was given over in Lashna Kodesh, Afkan Balashna Kodesh, so too by Brachas and Klalos, it was given over in Lashna Kodesh. So we'll say, so essentially what we have is like this. We have a Xerush, it's, it's a two tier Xerushava. A Xerushava of Kol Kol from Har Sinai. To brachas and klalos, just like brachas and klalos, just like Har Sinai, Lashna Kodesh, so too brachas and klalos, blessing and curse by Hagrizim and Araibah, Lashna Kodesh. Then I have another Gzir Shava, 
Va'anisa va'amarta, or va'ana va'amar, Shesek is va'ana va'amar by Hagrizim and Harim, and it says, Va'anisa va'amarta by Mikra Bikurim, just like by Hagrizim and Harim, Va'ana Kodesh, so to by Mikra Bikurim, Va'ana Kodesh. Beautiful, beautiful. So the Gemara says, Chalitza, Chalitza Ketzad. So we'll say, so again, what about Chalitza? So remember again, I will say, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda wanted the Darshan that the Pasuk says by Chalitza, Kacha. Right? Everybody agrees that Chalitza has to be done by Lashon HaKodesh, but ultimately, again, Rabbi Huda Darshan, the word Kacha, has to be like this, Lashon HaKodesh. Rabbanon, Hai Kacha, my Avdile. What do the Rabbanon do with the word Kacha? We'll say, the Rabbanon Darshan, Kacha means every part of the process spelled out in Chalitza in the Torah, or every part spell every part of the chalitza process spelled out in the Torah must be done. And if you if you leave out any part of the process, the chalitza is invalid. That's the word kachal. It has to be like this. Rabbi Huda, mikol kachal. Rabbi Huda dashes that it could have just said ko. The fact that it says kachal, ko kachal. The longer form teaches me every part of the process. For Rabbanon, ko kachal lo mashmul. Rabbanon don dashin ko kachal. Beautiful. So we'll say Amadeis, Rabbi Yehuda, Hai va'ansa va'amra, my avid lay. We'll say, what does Rabbi Yehuda do with the phrase va'ansa va'amra? So we'll say, remember again, I just want to point out, everyone is agreeing that the process of chalitza has to be done in Lashna Kodesh. So what's the machlokes? The machlokes is where you learn it out from. Rabbi Yehuda learned it out from kacha. It has to be done like this. The Rabbana learned it out from va'ansa va'amra. It's the same Russian you find. By Mikra Bikurim, by Hagrizim and Har Eval. So Rabbi Huda, what do you do with Va'ansa Va'amra? So my Avile, both say second line down from the top, Lama Gimlama Base, 33b. Mibayle, Lagmure Lelevim, Debelashna Kodesh. So we'll say ultimately again, we learn it, uh, I'm sorry, my Avile, Lagmure Lelevim, Debelashna Kodesh. So we'll say, interestingly enough, so Rabbi Huda uses Va'ansa Va'amra to make a Gzera Shava from Chalitza. To brachos and klalos to say just like just like chalitza has to be done balashin hakodesh so brachos and klalos and hareiva halvizin hareival were done balashin hakodesh. I says the gemara valelev call me Moshe but I don't understand. We just said on aleph. Don't we learn out the brachos and klalos have to be balashin hakodesh from the gzera shavav call call from Moshe to which to which Rabbi Yudah respond ania ania gomer call call lo gomer. I will say, remember again, Gzeir Shavas are a function of a Mesorah. I will say, I just want, I just want to be clear, right? I will say, if you have some free time on your hands, and you decide, you know what, I'm going to make some Gzeir Shavas, right? I'm going to go ahead and find some similar words in different contexts. Create a, it doesn't work. Gzeir Shava is based on a Mesorah that you get from your Rebbe. He got from his Rebbe. So Yehuda says, the Mesorah I have from my Rebbe is that we didn't have the Gzeir Shava of Kol Kol. There was no Gzeir Shava like that. As such, Rabbi Yehuda uses va'ansa va'amra by chalitza. Teaching just like chalitza is lashon hakodesh, so too the brachos and klavos were done by lashon hakodesh. Quite amazing. So Tanya Amiyachabais that supports this. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda. Oh, Rabbi Yehuda says, "Komakum shene emar ko kachaf ania va'amira eino ela lashon hakodesh." Also, Rabbi Yehuda says, any time in the Torah that you find the words either ko kacha ania amira. It always means that this that particular process that's being spoken about has to be done balashna kodesh. So the Gemara says, for example, ko ko sevarachu. I will say birchas kohanim. Right, this is how you shall bless klal yisrael. Kacha 
Dichalitza, Kachas Chalitza, Chalitza is Vash, Aniyeva Amira Dilavim, Aniyeva Amira by Brachas and Klavos. Incredible, incredible. Brachos and Klavos Ketzad. So we'll say, so now, now we'll say again, remember, we'll say Brachos and Klavos. Brachos and Klavos, so remember again, just to be clear what's happening over here. Cloud Yisrael comes into Eretz Yisrael. We'll say now, I put out, I put out the maps on the WhatsApp chat. It just happens to be interesting, again, just to see the geographic orientation. We're not really going to make reference to it because we're not really going to get too much into the geography over here. But take a look at it, just because sometimes when we speak about like geography in Eretz Yisrael, we're not really, we don't really know what, what we're referring to over here. Actually, I'm going to send you out one more map today, which actually you should be able to see the entire journey from Mitzrayim all the way, all the way into Eretz Yisrael. Because remember, again, it's not a straight shot. It's a very circuitous journey. I'll send that a little bit later on today. In any event, Brachos to Klolos Ketzad. So we'll say, what's the case of Brachos to Klolos? Here we go. Kevon Sha'ar Yisrael Sayardin. So we'll say, remember again, what did the Pasuk say? When Klolos Yisrael crossed the Jordan River, crossed the Jordan River, they went ahead and the first order of business was, they came to Agrizim and Har Eval and gave Brachos to We'll say, you'll even see when you look on the map, how Agrizim and Har Eval are not right over the Jordan. In fact, that kind of what you have to do is they, they, you kind of, they passed a little bit, they bypassed, looks like they bypassed, like Yericho, I, Gil, right? Brachos and Kalos first. Okay, well, let's see. So the Gemara says, Valo Hema Be'evra Yarden, right? Hargis and Har'eva are on the other side of the Jordan. Me'evra Le'yarden Ve'elach, which I will say sounds like that what? That they were far away from the Jordan River, the Rebbe Yehuda. I will say, look at Rashi, Halo Hema Be'evra Yarden, Kishal Yisrael Bamidbar, so we'll say, so when Cloud Israel was still in the desert, they were given, they were given the geographic location of, of Hargrizim and Har Eval. What were they told by Hargrizim and Har Eval? And ultimately, again, they were on the other side of the Jordan. Now watch this. He says, uh, Yisrael was on the east side, to the east of the Jordan River. So interestingly enough, they were told that Hagiz and Ha'ival were to the west of the Jordan River. Far, right, far from the Jordan River to the west of the Jordan River. So we'll say again, what does that mean? The place where the sun rises. That Haviz and Ha'eva are far away from the east side of the Jordan River. This is the first Hagrizim in Ha'eval. Who was living in Hagrizim in Ha'eval? The Kusim. They both say, the truth is, remember, the Kusim don't come until later on in history. But the Kusim are the ones, contemporarily, who are living in the region of Hagrizim in Ha'eval. Mol HaGilgal, opposite Gilgal, Samochal Gilgal, Eitzel Elone Moreh. And I both say, you can see all of this on the map. Next to Elone Moreh, Shechem. They both say, what's Elone Moreh? What is that? That's Shechem. So to when Cloud Yisrael, when Cloud Yisrael ultimately again came into Eretz Yisrael, Elon was also Shechem, 
Tanya Amra Bilal. So we'll say, this is Rabbi Huda. So Rabbi Huda's idea over here that really Hargiz and Har Eval were actually a bit of a distance, a bit of a distance from the Jordan. Tanya Amra Bilal, Rabbi Yossi, Baradavar Zezayafti Sifrei Kusim. In this respect, Rabbi Osai, remember the Kusim, the Kusim did not believe in Torah Shabbat. So the Kusim had their own Sifrei Torah that had some interesting changes. So in this respect, ultimately, again, the, the Sfarim of the Kusim were forged. How so? You forged your Torah, you didn't even gain anything. How so? The Kusim in their Torah, they don't just write Elonem Oreshchem, they write Elonem We also agree that Elon Oreshchem, Anulam Shava. We learned that from Gzir Shava, how did you learn this? So we'll, say, we'll stop over here for today. Again, we're out of time for today. More about, we'll say tomorrow we're going to get into some incredible sugyas about the brachas and klavos given on Hagrizim and Har Eval. And Amir Sashav will say, we'll see tomorrow also some more of the fascinating geography and more of the geographic machlokis as well. Shkoyach.